0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man,
1: J-C. John Coleman. Dio, you got your get shit hat on, so what is poppin'?
0: We're gonna get some shit done today, JC. Uh-oh. You know, you know what I was talking about? What's that? How much fun we have recording these episodes. hmm how cool would this be? Uh-oh. I'm going to put it on the universe, John. Yay. Yeah. You I thought, taught this to me. I did. All right. How cool would it be if we got to do a show daily? Okay.
1: That's like what radio people do, Monday through Friday.
0: We would do it for three hours.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: With callers.
1: That sounds like an MSNBC or Fox News show.
0: Mm, maybe neither one of those two.
1: <laughs> maybe
0: okay. CNBC. Okay. Yeah, maybe CNBC.
1: Nick News. Maybe
0: the Paramount Channel.
1: Nick News. Remember probably that? Probably
0: not Nick News. No, probably not Ellerby, Linda
1: Ellerbe, Remember that? Oh, no, I shit.
0: don't. No.
1: Mr. Wizard? No. Just Bill Nye?
0: The science guy? Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. What did you watch growing up? No Wishbone? No Where in the World Was Carmen Sandiego?
0: Mm-mm. So I watched growing up, I'd watch the cartoon Dennis the Menace. Right. Okay. Uh, I would watch... Garfield? a little bit of Garfield they used to have so i had hbo whoa as a child wow For free. oh For free. hey hey i'm you, not even going to tell hey, you you twist those wires you twist those wires hey so so <laughs> hbo would have tom sawyer and little women um okay you know, the, the yeah, book yeah, series yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so i watched a lot of that uh but it, yeah um i'm trying to think of like i wasn't a big like tv watcher really I turned into a TV watcher. As I was like, got older. Mm. I would watch sports as a kid, mm. and I'd watch Sports Center every Ex- morning once I got to like middle school. Explains so much. Yeah, and Mr. Greco, my social my social studies teacher in middle school, I think I had him like two of the three years, but he uh, got all of us into reading the newspaper. So I started reading the newspaper when I was in middle school, and that habit has stayed what? with me all the way through. You know, age 43, except for I no longer get the paper. It's the digital version. It's the digital version. Oh, no yeah. shit. Yeah, but I read the news every
1: morning. That makes so much sense
0: now. And he, his his challenge to us was we had to read the sports section third. Mm. So I, I tended to go uh, local and state, business, and then um, I would tune into the sports section. Very little on the front page. Maybe I would read the front page, but I wouldn't really get into the front page. I cared more about local and state, more mm-hmm. about business. And that's a really cool. It's funny you made me think about this because I was reading about business before I understood business, but it just kind of shows the importance of being exposed to something at mm-hmm. a young age and mm-hmm. then sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Just, it's why I, I tell mortgage professionals who are trying to learn the MBS market, I go, look, at a minimum, subscribe to a service whether it's mbs highway or rate watch or one of those you know mbs authority type services and start reading and listening because that's a start mm-hmm. and then over time you'll slowly start to understand it more over time it'll start sinking in probably no different than learning a foreign language you want right. to learn a foreign language go to a foreign country yeah. and live there and surround yourself with people who don't speak your language
1: yeah.
0: it'll force you to learn that language mm-hmm. Well, I learned the business language starting at age 12, reading the business section. By the time I had, I had gotten into my senior year of high school, I was reading what was called Barron's. Anyone who's in the financial Damn. world, Barron's is yeah. the publication for financial professionals. Think more of like stock financial advisors, mm-hmm. you know, financial analysts. Didn't know half of what I was reading in Barron's, but I at least was confident enough to do hmm. it.
1: There you go. There's a deep dive lesson in the the psycho the psyche of Dio as an adolescent.
0: Yeah, that was even what we were going to talk about. today. How do we how do we get on that topic? Because oh, you said I had my get shit done hat.
1: Yeah, and then you said you had. I said, what shows did you watch as a kid? Because you said you wanted to have this every day. On
0: well, let me finish that thought, JC. Don't
1: yell at me for you going off on a tangent, Dio. That's not how this works. <laughs> Don't give.
0: Let's do this for three hours a day. Okay. Monday through Friday. That sounds like a full time thing. Well, oh can you not find somebody who wants to publish and, and produce it? I'll do can it. Can you? I mean, you're gonna publish it too? I mean I think publishing that is what costs money. We need somebody oh, gotcha. that is actually going to front the money mm, that says, Yeah. I'll take yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. Let's get these two dudes in front of a national audience of millions. I
1: f- oh oh yes. Let's start yes, local, let's with the
0: ability to call in. Okay. With the ability to call and go big or go home, right?
1: That sounds hella big.
0: Yeah, because think about today's episode, right? Today's episode, we are going to talk about a topic that somebody may think is very mortgage specific. But is it? Because I think if you're a homeowner, you probably should want to learn or hear what we're going to say. Probably could affect you. If you you want to buy a house in the next 12 to 18 months.
1: Definitely going to affect you.
0: This is going to affect you. If you sell homes for a living, you're being impacted. If you finance homes for a living, you're being impacted. If you're one of the dozens of industries mm. that are supported by real estate.
1: Oh, yeah. You're going to find out.
0: This is going to impact you. So we call ourselves the Loan Officer Podcast. Our mortgage friends specifically. Mm-hmm. Y'all want to check out the theloanofficerpodcast.com or because we are affectionately called TLOP by our fans. If you love what, what, we, what we do, you are a T-Lopper. For life. T-Lop stands for the Loan Officer <laughs> Podcast. It's pretty simple. So our other web address is tloponline.com. Check us out. Become a freemium member. If you really love what we do and you want greater access and better content, then pay the 25 bucks a month and become a premium member. Well said, you. Well, Today's episode is brought to you by this beautiful painting that I dug up from behind my desk.
1: Yes, because you wanted to keep it clean.
0: No, no, I don't even know who painted it. I have a guess. I have a guess that this is my buddy, Brooke Buley's painting mm. okay. that Brooke had given to his now ex-wife mm. who used to be a loan officer who worked out of this office. Mm. And I have a feeling that it's probably been in my in my office for the past three years because I was supposed to give it back to him. Looks like something he would paint
1: at the whiny wench in a mall.
0: He may have painted this as a whiny wench in a mall. I do know that Brooke, who's this like tough, hunting, fishing guy, I'm pretty sure he majored in pottery at the Florida State University.
1: That's a major?
0: It was, at least back in the yeah. 1990s when he was there.
1: Go Seminoles.
0: So, so nonetheless, this is uh, yeah. maybe Brooke's uh, work of art. It oh. could be his ex-wife's. We found it underneath A Mm -hmm. piece of furniture in my office and decided, you know what? It should Uh, be today's centerpiece centerpiece. And it's
1: my job to find out how this correlates to today's episode, which is the purge. Right. Because a lot of people are going to have some free time in their hands so they can enjoy sunsets like this.
0: Possibly. Maybe. Or we're going to talk about a topic that um, needs some sensitivity. Right. It needs probably less humor. And it needs to be addressed because it is what it is and we're not the type of people that are ever going to back down from the truth. Mm-hmm. And this is a very pretty picture that would remind many people of a happy place. And for for many people, they're going to have to go out and find their happy place. All right. Because this right here, this picture we're talking about, that if you're on YouTube, by the way, please like, and subscribe, and like share. And like, and subscribe, share. If you're on YouTube and you see it and we talk about the Goldilocks years, when we talk about The calm after the storm, this is what I want you to see. This is what I want you to envision. But getting there is not going to be pretty. So this episode, although will be mortgage and real estate specific, I promise you it's going to impact the entire country because of the trickle-down effect of the housing industry. Housing is what drives our economy. It is like the number one... um, provider of economic positivity. It's also the number Hmm. one drag Mm -hmm. when you're talking about things that aren't going well in our economy. And what's neat about housing in general, it tends to be what I call a leading indicator, Hmm. meaning when we're leading into something, this is the first to be impacted. Hmm. Some industries are lagging, right. right? So commercial construction is tends to be a lagging indicator. So when the economy starts doing poorly, commercial construction is still doing well. Hmm. And then when the, when the economy starts picking back up after going through a recessionary period, commercial construction is one of the last things to pick back up.
1: Okay. That makes sense.
0: Okay. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if we're not already in one, we're going into a recession. This is what the Federal Reserve has been purposely trying to do because the previous three years, the Federal Reserve overdid it in terms of pumping stimulus into our economy, which is why we saw the housing boom of 2020 and 21. We saw record amounts of appreciation. We have employment at like record levels in terms of those that are gainfully employed. We saw wages shoot up, right? We have a, a, a gluttony of openings that aren't being filled, mm-hmm. right? That was very pro-economy, pro-expansion. Mm-hmm. Well, it got too hot. So the Federal Reserve is like, oh, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. But pump the brakes didn't work. So now they're like slamming on the brakes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: pulling the emergency brake, and swerving and trying to hit anything that's in its way mm-hmm. as a way of derailing this white-hot economic conditions that they helped create. In doing so, we have watched mortgage rates go from three and a half percent to seven. I'm talking like overnight. We have watched the Fed funds rate shoot up because the Federal Reserve controls it and they purposely have done it. What are they trying to do? They're trying to slow spending. What are they trying to do? They are trying to slow the amount of, of hiring, they're trying to slow business productivity. Mm-hmm. They're trying to pump the brakes on our economy because they recognize that economic growth is good at two to three percent. Economic growth at eight to 10 percent is no good. right? We kind of talk about that with drinking alcohol.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Couple glasses of wine, couple beers, couple cocktails. Call that a good time. Mm-hmm. 10 or 12, hey. things got out of control, yeah. right? So things have gotten out of control. With this being said, what we are going to see is a catastrophic fallout in the mortgage industry because the mortgage industry typically is made up of purchase transactions as well as refinance transactions. Mm -hmm. When you have a gluttony of refinance transactions, such as years like 2020, 2021 that we're just coming off of, Mm -hmm. we also saw this in 04 and 05. Well, you have a gluttony of volume, at which point mortgage companies have to come in and hire, 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 hire like crazy Mm -hmm. to keep up with the demand. And then the minute that demand starts to wane, you have to start lowering those support levels. Lowering the support levels typically layoffs. Mm -hmm. Right? You have to go out and lay off people. But in a normal market, you can unwind it. Right? You have time. Maybe your maybe your refinance transactions go from to use round numbers, 100 a month, down to 80 a month, down to 60 a month, down to 40 a month, where they're going to plateau at 30 a month. Okay. Now, you can add zeros and commas all you want, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just using 100 as a basic number. Well, what we, just tra- what we just saw transpires, because mortgage rates went from 3 to 7, we saw refinances go from 100 to 1. Damn. Like that quickly. So there was no unwinding. It was just like you woke up one day, theoretically. Mm-hmm. One day was probably like a five-month period of time. And it's like the rug was pulled underneath you. Like, whew, wow. Mm.
1: And
0: then you have to start thinking about what, what happened to home buyers when rates went from 3% to 7%. Some people just freaked the F out and they said, I don't even know what's going on. I'm so confused right now that I'm going to sit on the sidelines and I'm going to watch to see what transpires. And then you have other people like, I would love to buy right now, but my budget can't afford that extra two mm-hmm. or $300 a month.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can't afford it any longer. So for that reason, I need to sit on the sidelines. As that happens, we're going to see the amount of home sales dissipate, right? Like in 2021, resales only, I think our country had somewhere around 6 million resales. In 2022, it'll be 5 million. All right. Well, that's a reduction of a million. That's a reduction of roughly, if I did my math correctly, 16.33%. Next year is predicted to be somewhere between four and four and a half million resales. That is way lower than it was even in 2016. Hmm. So this may be the lowest resale activity we have seen. Well, with that happening, you still have companies who are still trying to correct themselves in terms of the refinance market just went away, right? The refinance market in a normal year normal, if whatever we know what normal is, should be somewhere between twenty and forty percent refi. Twenty to forty percent of your business should be a refi. Currently it's it's in single digits. Damn. Right? So that's companies that are turning around and they're like, well, I don't have enough units for all of these branches, for all of these processors, for all of these closers, for all of these quality control people, for all these marketing reps, for all these loan officers. So there's a massive purge going on in the mortgage world where Just last week, rocket rockets, one of the number one or number two lenders in America, they announced their earnings. And in that earnings announcement, they talked about the, the macro of what's going on in the landscape, of the mortgage arena. And they said it too, that, that by 2023, 30% of all lenders won't be around, right? They're either going to be consolidated. They're going to be acquired. They're going to merge, or they're just going to straight up go out of business. And along the ways there's going to be victims of this so-called purge. We need to be aware of it. We need to recognize it and we need to know how this impacts us, depending on where we are on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And if it's happening in the mortgage industry, guess who else has happened to realtors. If there, if we go from 5 million mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, 6 million to 5 million and 5 million to four and a half million, that's less units being sold for the same amount of realtors. Like I look at loan originators, cause I know these numbers. I think I looked it up. I, in fact, I know I looked <clears> it up. <throat> if I remember correctly, there's something like 217,000 mortgage loan originators currently in the United States. Okay. In 2016, that number was closer to like 145,000.
1: Mm.
0: That's a big jump in just five or six years. And there's gonna be less units to fight over next year than there was in 2016. So not only do we have more originators, but we have more originators fighting over the least amount of units that we've seen since 2016. Hmm. That tells me something has to give. What's gonna give? The number of originators needs to drop. Mm -hmm. It just does. And then probably the number of realtors needs to drop. And then the number of title companies who represent and who service these realtors. Hmm. Then there's technology companies. Those technology companies provide technology services and software to these companies. Well, if there's less of them, there's less people buying your product, which means you're selling less product. If you listen to our last episode about running a successful lemonade stand, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to be successful, you have to have more money coming in than you do money going out. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to look at your expenses. So yes, there is a big purge coming our way. We have to prepare for it. It's going to happen. You can't Like any other storm, you can't stand in its way. You can't prevent it from happening. But what you can do is go in with the proper preparation. And maybe that's what people get out of today's episode. It's like, hey, look, this is coming. I think I did a decent enough job of explaining like why it's going to happen, right? Why is it happening? Because mortgage rates shot up to 7%. Okay, what does that mean? Is a housing crash coming? Hell to the no. Should I repeat myself, John? Please do, because this is recorded. (laughs) Yeah. So if I'm wrong, Hey, egg on my face, ask you, ask me the question. I'll take a sip of water.
1: Are we headed for a, re, uh, a housing bubble?
0: Hell to the no meaning you're asking me, is there a, is there a housing bubble yeah. and is the bubble going to burst?
1: Yeah. Are we going is it going to burst?
0: Nope. 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 Will we see appreciation stop in its tracks? Sure. I hope so. Could we see appreciation stop in its tracks for the next two years? Sure. I hope so. I think that would be good. I think that would be healthy. Could we see homes come down in value by 10 to 15% in some markets? Sure. I hope so. Why, why do you want that? Why would that be a good thing for homes not to appreciate? It's more of certain markets, Boise, Austin, Denver, St. Pete may have had a misrepresentation of demand and that misrepresentation of demand may have pushed prices into the unaffordable Mm. or not realistic. And it just needs a slight correction, not a bubble burst, not a free fall. Look at the end of the day, we still do not have enough units Mm -hmm. for the number of adult human beings that need shelter. People need shelter, whether they, they rent it, or they own it, they need shelter. And when I'm renting a home, that's a three bedroom, two and a half bath, 1400 square feet in the outskirts of the greater Orlando area. And I'm paying $2,000 a month to rent that home. Mm. And I could own something for maybe 2,400, at which point I'm gaining appreciation. Part of that payment is principal reduction. Mm -hmm. If I can afford it and I'm comfortable with where I am in in my job, my employment, I might as well own right? People have to do one or the other. You can't live with mom and dad forever. And the millennial generation is by far the largest population that we have to serve since the baby boomers. Those people are coming of age 33, 36. That's the average age of a first-time home buyer. They want to start families. They are career oriented. They're career minded. They want to settle down. So no, there is not going to be a housing crash. We could definitely see home prices come down in certain markets by 10 or 15%. But but think about this. They just went up by 45% over the past two years. So if you bought two years ago, you saw a 45% increase. And then even if you you see a 15% decrease, you're still net positive 30 Mm -hmm. over three years. 30% increase over three years. I mean, hey, high five. You did nothing. You did nothing and made 30% on your money. In fact, you made more than that. That's what I love about real estate. And we've done plenty of episodes on this, so I won't go down this rabbit hole too far, but I wanna remind people that you bought a $400,000 home that you put 10% down on. So you put $40,000 down. And if that $400,000 home is now worth Mm 500,000, even if it it went up and then Mm -hmm. went down and it settled at it's now worth 500, you made a hundred grand on a $40,000 investment you more than doubled your money in three years.
1: Show me where else you can get that kind of return.
0: You can't, you can't. So like, even if, even if housing flatlines this year, next year, all right, cool. I still was able to lock in a price. I'm still paying down my principal. I still have the, it's mine. I own it, Mm -hmm. right? I get to call the shots. I don't have to call a landlord to to paint the kitchen. I don't have to call the landlord to update the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like this is mine. I take some pride and some ownership in that. And just like with investing in 401k and IRA, I don't necessarily try to time it, right? I know that at one point I need to retire. So if I start putting money in today, I put money in today. And then I dollar cost average it over the next 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. You buy a house today because there's going to be some years where your home may flatline in appreciation on the years. It goes up 6%. Your goal is that it increases by three and a half to four and a half percent annually on average. So no, John- there is not going to be a housing crash because we don't have enough inventory. And we have more people wanting and needing shelter and we don't have enough inventory for them. Look at what home builders are doing right now. In fact, don't look, listen to me. They ain't building shit y'all. Like they're freaked out too. So because they're freaked out, they're not doing anything. I talked to a good friend of mine who works for a national home builder. And she told me straight up, she goes, Dustin, we own enough land to build for three years. She goes, so we're not out acquiring land right now, but there's a reason because we own enough land to build for three years. All we're sitting down and uh, sitting back and waiting to do, figuring out where interest rates going. Can we let the supply chain loosen up a little bit? Can we let the labor force Mm -hmm. come back into our favor? Because home builders will build when they can make money right now. They can't make money. Supplies cost too much. Labor costs too much. So as we see things normalize, based on what the Federal Reserve has done to pump the brakes mm-hmm. or crash land this SOB, All right. then what we'll see is unemployment go from three and a half percent to five and a half percent. I know it sucks talking about more people being unemployed, but it's good for the overall economy, right? Like it sucks when a mortgage company has to lay off 25 people. It sucks, but you know what? doesn't suck the 640 other people who get to stay employed and provide for their families, right? Cause that's why that move was done. That mortgage company just laid off 25 people. They didn't do so to be spiteful or hurtful or, or terrible folks to the 25. Mm-hmm. They did so. Cause they're looking out for the 640. We need those 640 people to be, to be able to come to work and work for a profitable entity. Cause we learned from the lemonade stand show. If you're not profitable, you go out of business. Right. We owe it to those 600 other people. Right, so it sucks knowing that unemployment is gonna go from three and a half to five and a half. The good, when that happens, is things become more affordable. Mm -hmm. Because we learned about supply and demand. Mm -hmm. When there is more labor supply, then builders can contract that labor at a reasonable cost. And that cost then gets passed on to the buyer, Mm -hmm. which allows them to build affordable housing. And as they build more affordable housing, the more people can come off the sidelines. As home builders build more housing, we won't see what happened in 2020 and 2021 when home prices were going up by 15, 25% a year, when in order to get a house, you had to offer 10, 20, $30,000 over the appraised value. Like that wasn't healthy. We don't want that. So although a purge is coming, please understand it's for the greater good of the economy. What we're trying to get to is what we see in this picture, right? A beautiful sunset, Mm -hmm. clear blue skies, right? We're trying to get to what I call the Goldilocks years. Everything is just right. Mm -hmm. This is where we have, we have, by the way, you want inflation. You want it at two to 3%, not at eight or 9% because inflation means growth. So you want, you want wage growth. I don't know if you want wage growth at 10% a year, but you definitely want wage growth at 3% a year. So there's certain things that you do want. You just don't want too much of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want one or two old fashions. I don't necessarily need or want 12 old fashions,
1: Smart.
0: right? Taking it back to something that people understand. So now what to do, what to do? I am going to tell anyone and everyone control what you can control It's your attitude and your effort. That's all you can do. If you work in mortgage or you work in real estate, or you work for one of the companies or trades, by the way, a handyman, someone who a flooring contractor, a fencing company, a roofing company, right? These are all impacted by housing. These are all impacted on the, the, the greater dynamics of our economy, Home Depot and Lowe's Hmm. are people more willing to invest in their home when they're gainfully employed or when they're not gainfully employed. Right, so like this has an overall impact. This episode and just like this show isn't just for Mm -hmm. mortgage and real estate folks. It's no, it's for everybody. Like everybody should be understanding what's what's transpiring, but it's deeply going to impact mortgage folks and real estate folks, and then we'll start seeing the trickle down. We talked about Mm -hmm. earlier in the show. We are a leading, so we're going to lead us into the recession, but we're going to lead us right out too. Mm. Right, we are the piper. Right. So following what's going on the you'll start seeing already we're, we're seeing mortgage companies go out of business. We're seeing massive layoffs. Like every time I open the news, someone, one company's is So we are leading the way guys mm-hmm. and girls, but please know that we're going to lead the way out. Housing will lead the way out. What we need to get down to is normalization. We need to get, a normal amount of people in our industry, a normal amount of of mortgage companies mm-hmm. and then a normal amount of of supporting companies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We need some consolidation. We 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 need some people to potentially shut down their doors and 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 sell off the the good parts to other companies that have more longevity and some people unfortunately going to have to find new careers. The good news is it's still a pretty decent job market out there. Mm-hmm. Right? There will be opportunities to Flex your entrepreneurial spirit and turn turn your skill set from mortgage into something different, into a different right. into a, a different trade or a different um, industry.
1: When do you see this? If there's a date you you know you could call the win. When do you see this kind of normalization actually happening? a couple months, couple years? If you had to guess, midsummer. Oh, okay.
0: Midsummer is my conservative guess. Now I'm an internal optimist, John. You know this right. about me. Yeah. You've watched me roll dice and. <laughs> Although oh, yeah. the odds say there's a 1 in 35 chance that, that my number is going to come. Right. I still bet it like it's a 100% chance. Right. I would love to see the turn happen in February. And now the turn, again, we're going to see this in mortgage and real estate before the rest mm-hmm. of the country season. Because we've been, the rest of the country, by the way, we've been dealing with shit since about May. Right? So we're in November. So we're six months into this already, and y'all ain't even sniffing Y'all ain't even paying attention, yeah, right? You're not even, yeah. You're like, what, what huh? The Who, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, Yeah. No, there's a party going on. but not <laughs> a party you want to be a part of. <laughs> right. But yeah, there's a party going on, and we've been a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys are six months behind, and I'm telling you that we won't even start clawing and dragging and pulling ourselves out of this hole until about mid-February, that's what I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope it's mid-February when we in Mortgage and Real Estate can see the turn, but it's going to be a slow turn. Mm -hmm. I think for mortgage and in real estate by, by mid summer, nah, man, we got rates back at the five and a quarter, five and a half range home builders who've been, who own all this land are starting to build on it because home builders will start building when their cost to borrow is cheaper, when their cost of labor is cheaper and when their cost of supplies is cheaper. That becomes cheaper as our economy goes into a recession. We haven't yet deemed ourselves to be in a recession. And a lot of that has to do mainly with the labor market. The labor market is very strong. The labor market is propping up our economy. But we're starting to see some signals. We're starting to see some cracks mm-hmm. that that's not transpiring. Um, and the Federal Reserve is trying their damnedest to drive us into a recession. The only question is, is it a crash landing? Is it a bumpy landing? It's not going to be a smooth landing. Let's go for bumpy and not a crash. Mm. And then along the way, yes, there are certain markets, maybe Denver, Colorado, where home prices do come down by 10 or 15%. If you couple that with rates coming back down from seven to five, then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. those people have been sitting on the sidelines who are still gainfully employed, like I mean, five percent unemployment is not terrible. I mean it's 95% of people are gainfully employed. Then it'll allow them to say, you know what? I feel more comfortable. Because so much of it is also consumer sentiment. Hmm. Right? So much of, of the consumer behavior is based on how they feel. Oh, Hey, I feel good, right? My company just did their, their, their round of layoffs. Our Mm -hmm. earnings report came out. We're sitting pretty. My boss sat down with me. He, he or she made me feel really good about my place with, with the company. I just saw the home I've been watching in the neighborhood is actually 60 grand less and mortgage rates have come back down. I'm still 36. I'm still Mm -hmm. married and my wife is still pregnant with twins. I still need a place to live. Mm. And I think we'll, we'll, start, we'll start experiencing that full-blown mid-June. I think we're out of our recession by 2024. Okay. Right? Like, like that, that would be my prognostication based on all of the reading I do. Look, I'm not a smart person <laughs> at all. At all. So anything that I'm spitting, please know it's me regurgitating. But it's me regurgitating after reading numerous articles and studies and white papers mm-hmm. and trying to, to feed – the information to y'all the best that I understand it and in a, in a manner that it makes sense to you. So we talk about home price appreciation, I said flat. Why did I say flat? Because of the five studies I read, some were bullish and they said, oh, homes are gonna appreciate by 2% this year. And then the worst was very bearish and it said homes are gonna depreciate by 4%. Mm-hmm. All right, so just say flat. All right. Let's just say flat. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be geographically, um, specific as well, right? Right. There's definitely gonna be pockets. And usually those pockets for the ones that got the hottest will also have the most quote unquote bubble-esque opportunities. Mm -hmm. But I don't think a bubble as like a all encompassing bubble. I think it's John and his wife paid $30,000 over appraised value for their house in 2021. Mm -hmm. So that $500,000 house, they paid 530. And now that home is worth 470 okay well on paper you're down 60 grand on paper by the way you don't realize a loss until you sell the asset right if i bought a stock today for 100 dollars a share and it goes goes down to 80 did i lose 20 20 bucks not yet not yet on paper i did no different than if i bought bitcoin for 100 and it went up to 200 mm-hmm. did i make 100 dollars? not till i cash out right so your home you should have bought with three, five, or seven years in mind. Mm-hmm. It's less about like what I buy it for. It's more about like, what do I sell it for versus what I bought it for. Right. But in your scenario, if it went from being worth 500 to 470 and you overpaid for it, yeah. You quote unquote, if you, if you had to sell it, you'd lose 60 grand.
1: All right, but you're not going to turn around and sell it tomorrow, I wouldn't think.
0: You shouldn't have to. Now, if you get laid off, if right. you can get transferred, sure, right. like you, you could find yourself in right. those situations. And those those will happen. Like that will happen. Mm-hmm. It's okay. By the way, we also have like record low delinquencies, record low delinquencies. You're not going to see a lot of delinquencies when you have people with record amount of appreciation or equity in their home. Mm. So like people like, oh, the housing market's going to crash and people are going to lose their job and we're going to have all these foreclosures. I'm like, no, you're not. If the housing market crashes and it goes down by 10, 20%, most people still have equity. Mm-hmm. And if that person also lost their job, they have equity in their home they can sell their home. They can take the equity and go live off of it. All right. Even if they don't have a job, even if they have to go live in with with their with their sister or mm-hmm. their brother. Mm-hmm. They still have money cuz they cashed out. Question so first. like that would be like the worst case and right. I don't see that happening. Right. But what I do see happening Mortgage industry is going to consolidate by 30%. That means 3 in 10 people won't have their same job or even a career in the mortgage industry in the next 100 to 200 days. Like that's just happening. And we haven't spent enough time. I'll come back to your question, but I want to get this point across y'all. I feel for you, right? Like I do. All we can do is control. We can control our attitude and our effort. What I ask of you, those that are gainfully employed, what's your attitude like when you come into the office? Are you even coming in the office? If you're not coming to the office, you might want to consider it. Statistically, I haven't seen many people who have shown through statistics, through KPIs, through numbers, that they're more productive working from home. I haven't seen it, right? Whether it's how many files you underwrite, how many files you close, how many files you originate, how much more profitability you bring to the company. Very few, if any, can show me tangible numbers where it's like, I used to produce X when I came into the office. Now that I work from home, I produce Y and Y is a better number than X. So I'm gonna tell you, control your attitude, control your effort, come into the office and make sure if you're in a department of 10, and in your mindset, 3 and 10 are going to be gone in the next 100 to 200 days. Don't be
1: mm-hmm.
0: 10, 9, or 8. If given the opportunity to be graded on a rubric or some kind of a KPI metrics, don't be 10, 9, or 8. That's all you have mm-hmm. to do. Make sure you're the best at what you do. You should want that. right? You should be the one who brings the most value. I'm going to go back to Louis Val Saint, one of our first episodes ever. And he talked about being an intrapreneur not an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you work for somebody else, but you bring immense value to your organization, both in revenue or in expense reduction, whatever you can do to help your company make more money. If that's you and you have a great attitude and you're coming to the office and you're giving your full effort, I believe you're always going to have a career. Now that might not be a career at the same company because there's certain things you can't control. If your company gets acquired, if your company, merges, or they just straight up go out of business, you are going to have to go out there and hit the job market. And I promise you, it's gonna be the worst job market you've ever experienced if you're a mortgage professional. Period, end of story. So then it's like, well, what do I do? You Kind of work your network, right? You, if you were one of those indispensable people who was found in a, in a rough place, find out where the loan officers, because they're the first people to get employed. When this happens, Your good LOs will always have a home. Mm -hmm. I lived through this, boys and girls. Like, I was a loan officer in 2007 and 2008. I watched three of my employers go out of business. And every time they did, my phone rang off the hook. Recruiters wanting to get a hold of me. They're like, oh, your your ship just sank. Come join ours. And I went over there, and then that (laughs) freaking ship would sink. And then, again, it was rinse and repeat for two years. I'm thinking we have five to seven months. Left. Five to seven months. 07, 08 was worse. This won't be that bad. Hmm. But we have five to seven months because we do have to write the ship. If you are a loan originator who is newer to the career, you're trying to enter this career. I still stand firm. This is a hell of an industry. I love it. It has done so much for me as a person and my family that I'm eternally, eternally grateful to the industry. But it's hard to land a job when you don't have a book of business or experience. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't try. It just means you need to try harder. You need to outthink, outwork, and out network. So the jobs that you're looking for, you probably won't find on LinkedIn. You probably won't find on Indeed. You're going to have to get out there and get in front of mortgage professionals who run mortgage branches, get to know the leaders, get to know the hiring managers, and then give them your value prop. Why you, why are you worth the risk? Why are you worth the time? Why are you worth the opportunity and make it to where they can't say no to you. So that means you have to gather a network. You have to find out where do mortgage people hang out? What Facebook groups are they a part of? What events are they attending? Mm -hmm. What happy hours, what, what, um, industry functions and go there on your own dime and then be prepared to jump through their hoops. Some of their hoops may be hey john i want you to go home and i want you to write a, a list of 100 people that you're going to call the minute i hire you and you're going to tell them about your great career opportunity and you're going to ask them if they're looking to buy a house sell a house or if they know people who buy and sell homes for a living because you want an introduction right these are some of the things that hire managers may make you do if you want the, the job opportunity bad enough you should take it and why is now the best time to get in because everybody's getting out whether they're getting out on their own because they're just not surviving or they're going to be forced out you want to be buying when others are selling you want to be greedy when others are fearful mm-hmm. you want to be fearful when others are greedy this is a time to get greedy and you're getting greedy in terms of taking market share there's not a whole lot of business to be had but there's a ton of market share to be to be taken and that is also the mindset of the 70 percent who are going to survive, who are going to grind it out, who are going to make adjustments to their business models, Mm the 70%, y'all should be excited. Not excited that 30% are going to be out of the business, because that's not fair to them. But excited that it's a time to be greedy because everyone else is going to be fearful. All right, I think I got that point across loud and clear, and I wanted to make sure that that part was known. You did have a question. Do you remember it?
1: Yes, I do. I had... Cross my fingers like you taught me, so I wouldn't forget. Now, I'm just curious, as a, as, a, as far as the industry grows, is, if housing is hurting and less people are moving into homes, does that mean, like, in the rental market, like, people who own rental communities are just crushing it? Is that, like, a correlation?
0: Yeah, rents, uh, rental rental companies are still crushing it. Okay. I mean, people need housing. Right. Now, we are starting to see some of that subside, Like like, rents have been skyrocketing yeah, yeah, yeah. as well yeah right the same home that rented for 1600 dollars three years ago is renting for 2100 why is that because people need places to live because of supply and demand now there are a boatload of apartments being yeah. um uh, built and as these apartments get built that's adding inventory as we add inventory then the law of supply and demand Will tell me that, oh, all of a sudden, once we have enough supply, then it's going to drag that pendulum back towards the middle. Right now, the pendulum swings towards the landlords. Right. If there was a gluttony of inventory, then all of a sudden we would see rents drop. Again, I don't see rents dropping, per se, as much as subsiding. And then in in other markets, maybe where they got out of control, they'd come back down. Okay. Yeah, but everything comes down to supply and demand. This is every reason why we did that episode on life is a lemonade stand because if you can understand the simple dynamic of supply and demand, you can understand how world economies work for my mortgage folks out there. I feel for you, right? Grind it out, put your blinders on your heads down, right? Control what you can control your attitude and your effort, right? That, That goes for sales and operations. Right. Make yourself invaluable to your organization, hmm. to all of the, the, the supporting cast members, the crew, right? the vendors out there. Like you know, I, I wish everyone the best of luck. Right? I hope you see this as a phenomenal opportunity for you to grow as a professional,
1: mm-hmm.
0: understanding that growth typically only comes through painful moments, never necessarily through glorious moments. Right. It's very hard to grow when everything is going your way. It's very easy to grow when things are are not going your way because it forces you to make adjustments. It forces you to change your behavior. It forces you to potentially change your landscape, change your view, change your location. And that's what we have coming our way over the next 90 to a hundred days. And it's probably going to bleed into most of next year for the rest of the country. Hmm. Understand though, this is a well needed storm that is going to clean out the debris, right? That's, that's going to force us to strip down, rebuild, and hopefully when we build, we build it back better and stronger. And that goes for any company, any organization, any team out there. Not going to hide from the fact that it's going to be a little bit painful. That it's going to suck. That there's going to be casualties along the way. That is what it is. But it's going to happen whether you put your head in the sand or whether you stick your head straight up and stare down the throat of the storm.
1: Right.
0: I'm suggesting you stand up, you stare down the storm and you do what you can to survive it and then end up at the other end when we had those Goldilocks years where you captured market share because you grew from this uh, experience and now you're a better, more successful professional because of it. Well said. I think that's where I wanna wrap up, John. Yeah. I think we'll stop it right there. Um, if y'all have questions, if you have comments, you have concerns, Hit me up on LinkedIn. I am Dustin, last name Owen, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm accessible on our Instagram page, at the Loan Officer Podcast. Don't know if you're listening to us right now uh, on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, or anywhere that you may go to listen to a podcast. But if you also want to watch us, Mm -hmm. if you actually want to see this painting that we're talking about, then go to YouTube, at the Loan Officer Podcast. Subscribe to our channel. You can see all 277 episodes that we have recorded have both been audio as well as visual and here to be something really cool to do john we should. let's find a way to auction off this I was say, let's right. find a way to auction off this painting i don't know what good cause, okay that, but let's maybe the audience can help us with that
1: well can you donate Let, back to your little uh, junior adventurers your junior entrepreneur kids
0: oh my gosh
1: full circle
0: that would be cool if y'all tuned in the last episode the one on the lemonade stand <laughs> i was giving a shout out to orlando kids biz yeah Let's and there's that. kids biz in like every market, I'm sure. Right. Let's give the money back to the Orlando Kids Biz. Let's, do that. Let's find a way to auction this thing off. I'll let you figure I'll out what, what people want to want to pay for. Okay. It. Um and then we'll give the money to uh, Orlando Kids Biz. Perfect. That's fantastic. Yeah. Y'all, we appreciate you tuning in. We do have a website with even more content. Yeah. So if you get uh, really build bored by Mortgage <laughs> Professionals, um, even my real estate professionals, even people looking to buying a house or selling a house, we have content for everybody on the website. The website is the mm-hmm. or because our fans call themselves T Loppers or our show T Lop T Lop stands for what John? The loan officer podcast. Cool. So we are T Lop uh, go ahead and, and join as a freemium member. But if you want the really awesome content, if you want to be invited to, uh, some Zoom monthly meetings that we host for our premium members or access to our message board. We're going to ask you to to sign up for premium. Give us a $25 monthly donation, at which point you can cancel and quit anytime you'd like. But um, we thank you. We thank thank you for tuning in. We thank you for checking out the website. We thank you for sharing, liking, commenting. And uh, maybe for those interested, you're going to um, uh, bid on this wonderful wonderful painting. painting. And uh, we're going to donate all proceeds to uh, Kids Biz Orlando. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin. Holmes. all the time we have for you today. We'll catch you in the next episode.